Podcast Answer Man, episode number 144. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast answer man my name is cliff ravenscraft and today's episode is going to be another chock full packed episode of your questions and hopefully some answers to those questions we're going to be taking a call from dr lamar who wants to know some ideas of mine related to interviewing folks We're also going to talk about the look of your brand and finding graphic artist folks out there in this world to help you improve the look of your podcast. We're going to also take a call from Dan who wants to ask some questions about some possible workflows or things you can do when processing um, podcasts of different quality uh, in in Adobe Audition. And then, of course, we're going to take some calls, additional calls uh, from some folks here. We're going to be taking a call from Donald and also a call from Brian. And both of them have some questions about multiple podcasts and WordPress. And then we're going to end the uh, session here. Hopefully, I can fit this all in in one episode. But we're going to take a call from Gordon. Remember Gordon? Gordon's the guy who called, oh, two episodes back. And he basically shared some stuff where, um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get into it. We, we, that's going to be an interesting follow-up to say the least. But anyway, I want to welcome you back. And for those of you who have an eagle eye uh, for details, you'll recognize that, well, there wasn't an episode of the Podcast Answer Man last week. And actually, if you look very close, you'll notice there wasn't even any any episodes last week, at least not recorded on Thursday. I am just getting over some pretty bad illness. I, I, I can't believe it. I was I was down for about a good 10 days and um, nothing serious, nothing serious, just sinus infection, which just caused me to feel really weak and tired and headaches and sinus pressure and all that other stuff. And uh, that slowly turned into a, a bronchial cough and, and just all kinds of other stuff. I'm I'm on the mend now. I'm probably about 92% feeling fine. So I'm thinking by the end of this weekend, I will feel 100%, which is a which is a big deal for me. Uh, we Stephanie and I started podcasting a little over four years ago, and everything for us started with the hobby that we had of podcasting about Lost, and that's how it all began. And today, that podcast has tens of thousands of, of subscribers. And we are very blessed to have a community of people built around that show that has some amazing benefits that go along with that kind of community. And that is Stephanie and I are getting ready to sell. uh, We're getting ready to throw a party for the final seasons of season of Lost's uh, premiere episode. So this is season six. Uh, premiere happening on Tuesday evening, February 2nd. And we actually have so far 27 people who are traveling uh, to our home to watch Lost with us. And and this you may think, okay, well, that's cool. You got 27 people from your area coming and and watching Lost. Well, it's not quite just a couple people from my area. While five or six of those people are certainly within, you know, 35, 45 minutes driving distance, we actually have out of the four or five in this area, or maybe five or six in this area, 
Um, the rest of those are about 20 people are either traveling literally hours, if not uh, a significantly amount more. We have a, a friend of ours coming from Belgium uh, for this party. We have a friend of ours who uh, is originally from Germany. She just moved to the States a couple weeks back and actually could have been a couple months now. But anyway, uh, but the funny thing is, is she's she's from Germany, moved to South Carolina, but is currently in Hawaii and flying to us here in uh, the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area next week. And uh, we have people coming from California. We have people coming from Virginia, people coming from Texas. I mean, this is this is the type of community one could build. It is it is it is potentially possible. Is that it is it, there is potential to build a community around your podcast that would generate such a family feeling that people would be willing to travel great distances just to hang out with each other. And and to be honest with you, some of them just coming for, you know, just to hang out for a couple hours and then maybe have breakfast the next day and they're, they're flying back home. So, you know, d- don't set your sights too low when it comes to the possibilities of what you can do with your podcast, even if it's a podcast just devoted to a, a TV show. I mean, it, it is amazing what can be done. And and if you have not read read the book Tribes by Seth Godin, I want to let you know that that never inspired me to do the things that I'm doing. But man, somebody somebody had seen some of the things that I was doing and then read Tribes and says, Cliff, have you read Tribes? Is that why you're doing all this? And I'm like, what's Tribes? But um, go get the book by Seth Godin called Tribes or uh, titled Tribes. As a podcaster, as as a as a somebody who is building something with that you have quote unquote followers or fans or I I prefer to call people community you know pe- members of the community, I really encourage you to read the book Tribes because it really gives you an idea and understanding of the value that you have as a thought leader or as as a community leader. You know, people are looking. You know, people out there want to find other people with shared passions, and they're looking for people to lead that. Not everybody wants to lead something, uh, but a lot of people would love to be a part of a family, to be a part of a, well, Seth Godin will call, call it a tribe. And and man, I, I believe if you would just read that book, if you haven't done it already, it may radically change the way you view the folks who are currently subscribed to your podcast. And and. I, I would say this, if you're not already having, starting to form the type of relationship uh, with your audience that where these people would love to hang out with each other, um, before you start thinking about growing your audience, I would encourage you to start, go and get the book Tribes and learn how to build a community with your audience. So anyway, that's that's my little topical thing. I've already shared with you here in the front of the show what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to try to get six calls in here. And to do that, we are going to just go right headfirst here into the first call, which is from Dr. Lamar. Hello, Podcast Answer Man. This is chiropractor Dr. Thomas Lamar at SpinalColumnRadio.com. And first off, I wanted to say, Cliff, a big thank you for your assistance and inspiration in helping me to put some legs on this little production of ours. You know, between your one-on-one coaching with me, the books I've read, the great content you deliver on Podcast Answer Man, man, I feel like I've been in podcast college for the past two months. You know, also I wanted to say um, a great big thank you for the equipment that you provide, but especially the service and the passion that you back it up with. 
Well, as you know, my podcast, Spinal Column Radio, is all geared up and ready to launch into the potosphere, as they say, on January 1st, 2010. The excitement is building in our office and uh, around our small town of Kingston, Washington. Some of the topics that I will be discussing on the program lend themselves to an interview with someone, which is precisely why I'm looking forward to your assisting me with the JK Audio broadcast host, so I can technically make the interview happen via telephone. But I was wondering, being that you've produced, what is it, over 1,800 podcasts now, many of which have involved interviews, do you, the podcast answer man, have um, any interview words of wisdom? I realize that for some, talking just comes naturally, and the interview process um, becomes very organic and might just almost seem second nature. But still, are there, well, there's got to be some thoughts that you could share on this topic. I'd love to hear what you have to say. My first interview is set for uh, mid-January, and I want it all to go well. Thanks, Cliff, for what you do, and I look forward to your response. Well, Dr. Lamar, first of all, let me apologize that I didn't get to this call and uh, and have it queued up until after mid-January, but hopefully that went well for you, and uh, I look forward to listening to it when I get an opportunity to get to that um, episode in your feed. However, I, I still think it's a valuable question and one that I'd love to share some thoughts on. I don't have anything written out in front of me. I knew this question was coming. I knew this question came in a while back. Uh, but this is the first opportunity to get it into an episode here. Just some, just some, some thoughts here on interviews. My, my first, my, my gut feeling about interviews is I really only want to do interviews with people who I know or who I know a lot about. Um, this for me is first and foremost because I like interviews to not necessarily be I ask a question. And then you just go on and 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 on. But I, I, I like interviews to be more, instead of interviews, to be conversations with people. Uh, so having conversations. Now, I'll be honest with you, not everybody likes that. But when I bring somebody on, it's not just to have them come. In, I mean, they could have their own episode, I guess. But... To have a conversation, to, to base upon our relationship that we have, what do I know about you that I definitely already know would be of value to my audience? Um, so if you go back to the conversation with Dan Miller, uh, that was a couple episodes back. In that interview that I did with him, this is a guy, now I, I did not know him personally at that time. Uh, it was somebody that I knew just in the same way that um, a lot of you know me. You listen to a lot of my content, but maybe we've not personally interacted one-on-one, -on -one, and maybe we've not even exchanged an email. That's who Dan Miller was for me at that time. As somebody I've read his books. He's made He's impacted my life in very meaningful ways, and I knew a lot about him just because I listened to his podcast, just the same way you guys know a lot about me. Um, and when I had the opportunity to do an interview with him, it it was easy for me to do an interview with him. I didn't have to say, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me what you do. Uh, I don't understand. I really don't like to do an interview with somebody when I don't know already the answers to all the questions that I want to ask, at least the factual information. Um I'll be honest with you. I do the, 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 I do some interviews or I do a podcast called The Community Voice. 
it is probably the single most difficult podcast that I produce because not everybody's a conversationalist. Um, I, I, I happen to know that there are some personalities out there. You'll ask them a question and the idea is, you know, so tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name's Cliff. I'm 37 and, and, uh, I live in Cincinnati slash Northern Kentucky. And then it's like, okay, what's the next thing? Um, so, so tell me, so, you know, where'd you go to school? Connor high school. It's just it's it it the the whole idea as it, as as in the interview is to have a conversation and some people don't take a question and then run with it some people just answer the question and and it's and it's really difficult to get some people to to really come out of themselves and just and just have a conversation whereas if you were just talking to them on the phone chances are the the conversation would flow a little bit normally or a, a little bit more normal. But here's what I find is that if I don't already know the answers and if I don't know the person well, those interviews are very uncomfortable. Um, But at the same time, I'm going to tell you when you get in a situation where you do an interview with somebody and it's uncomfortable, first and foremost, don't do the interview live. I, I personally do not like to do a lot of interviews live if I don't if I'm not completely confident that I already know the person and I know how the interview is going to go. I prefer to do the interview not in front of a live audience, but just one on one with that person. And here's why: because and 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 this is my, if for, no matter who your interviewee is, record it and let it go. And this is the big thing: don't be afraid of silence that's it don't be afraid of silence it may feel make them feel uncomfortable but sometimes i'd like to say so you know let me ask you this what what book are you you know what book are you reading right now and the idea here is, is that i don't know i want to i don't want to just know what book you're reading right now i don't want you to just tell me the title and and the author my hope is that you're going to tell me the title and the author and and then tell me a little bit about the book and why you're reading it or i guess i get maybe a better question with hey tell me about a book that you're reading right now and and why and and why you're reading it and and if you get a really short response and they don't continue on the worst thing i think you can do is immediately just change the subject or jump to the next question instead do this so, so tell me, uh, let me, here, here's, here's me, the interview. So tell me what, what's a book that you're reading right now? And, uh, you know, why, why, and, and why are you reading it? Uh, and, and the interviewer, you might say, well, I'm, I'm reading 48 days to the work you love by Dan Miller. And there you go. You just, you just sit there. Don't say, don't say a thing. You, if if they stop at the title just just stay there stay silent 15 seconds it it will kill you to wait there in silence for 15 seconds but i promise you this and 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 steve's in the chat room and he says um and he says very important to not be afraid to t- to say t- tell me more to ask for more information and 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 you can do that but sometimes i found that if you just are silent for a couple seconds you know it, it may seem like you know it's been 3 minutes but really if you just be silent for 5 seconds just count silent to silently to yourself for 5 seconds before saying so tell me a little bit about the book 
uh, just just go one, two, three. You just count counting underneath your breath or whatever silently. And chances are, and I found this to be true, that they will be uncomfortable with the silence and will say something in addition to that. They'll continue their response. And here's the good news. In post-production, you can go and edit out that long pause, and it makes them sound awesome in the interview. So so I've had interviews where I, I've talked with people, and, and there have been times when I let the silence go as long as seven or eight seconds. And you talk about, man, does it sound awkward? Does it feel awkward? And it wasn't to, it, it, and, and you got to understand, my desire is not to make my interviewee feel awkward, but, but the thing is, I know that if I don't say anything, they will. And whatever they say, if, if I don't interrupt them, their, their mind is churning. You know, they're, they're, for every second that there is silence, their mind is churning, thinking, okay, maybe I should say something. And then they start saying, if I say anything to interrupt that, pro- that process, then I know for a fact it's going to take their mind off of what they were just about to say. And so I prefer to just do the silence. And then all of a sudden, you know, here, here, here's an example. Um, you know, going back to that, 48 Days to the Work You Love um, by Dan Miller. And, and I really like the book because it's blah, 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 blah. Well, the thing is, is in, in post-production, uh, it sounds like this. 48 Days to the Work You Love by Dan Miller. You know, I really got this book because I was referred to it and, and you know, it's really, and it, I mean, it's just like, boom, they're there. And don't be afraid of the silence. That, that's the big thing. But again, for me, one of my favorite things to do is to interview somebody I already know very well because I already I already know when I talk to Dan Miller what he's going to say about, you know, when I asked him the question, do you think that everybody ought to be working for themselves? You you obviously uh that's that's what you talk about a lot and you 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 talk about not having a ceiling on your income and and all this other stuff and if you were you you would do this. Do you do you honestly believe that everybody is cut out and everybody should be doing their own business and I already knew before I asked that question and it wasn't before it wasn't because I sent by the way I didn't send him any questions in advance um, I just I just knew from listening to his podcast and just knowing who he is what his answer was going to be I just I just, and I knew exactly the the way he would explain it because I I know I just know that about I knew that about him but I wanted to hear him say it in his own words rather than saying you know Dan I honestly know I already know that you don't believe I don't state anything that I know about the person that I could get them to say themselves and so that's what I do is I I like to interview people I know and and I want the people that I that are my audience, I want them to learn these things about this person that I like so much and have gained so much value from. But the things that I've learned about this person, I'd prefer them say it with their own words because oftentimes it, it means so much more coming from them. And so that is something that I really enjoy doing is interviewing people I know. Same thing with uh, Mignon Fogarty, uh, also known as Grammar Girl. When you, you go back and listen to that interview, it was a conversation. It, it it was it was it was two friends 
or actually it was three friends uh, with my wife, the three of us sitting down and just having dinner together. That's a conversation that would have taken place had there been or had there not been an Adderall. In fact, it was scheduled to take place regardless. And I asked her ahead of time, do you mind if I bring the Adderall? So, um, and, and Steve's in the chat room again. He says, so Cliff, what you're saying, it kind of comes down to preparation and, and knowing what points you want to hit during the interview. Absolute preparation is key. You know, it, you have to ask yourself, what do I know about this person? What, what are the key elements that I want this person to share in my podcast? I, I, just in the same way that today I knew that I was going to take your call, Dr. Lamar, and I'm going to talk about the look of your brand next. And I'm going to talk about some, you know, try to answer the best I can, some processes of, uh, to run an audition with different varying, um, original files. And, and I'm going to, I know I'm going to talk about WordPress and I know I'm going to touch on Gordon feeling picked on. Uh, so I know that this is what going to be what's in this episode. And the whole idea of the interview is, is not to go into it without an understanding of understanding understanding exactly what roadmap you plan to take your audience down. So it's kind of like getting in the car with my family. If we're going on a vacation or a road trip, I certainly already want to have the destination in mind. Now, here's the thing. When I go on a trip with my family, is it possible that we might make a stop and and, and take a, a detour and do something a slightly different than than what we had originally planned? Are there is it possible that 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 conversation is going to go down a path that that you didn't plan on? Absolutely. And allow it to happen. Allow it to be natural. If it goes way off topic, you can just edit it out later. So, um, you know, let, just let the conversation flow, but make sure that you know ahead of time the four, five, six, seven, eight main points that you really desire to cover so that you can make sure that you kind of steer that conversation in that direction. Um, you know, and, and here's the, and the other thing is, is that interviewing isn't for everyone. Um, you know, some people, they really struggle with it. And, and I've listened to some podcasts before where it, you could just tell the person interviewing someone is not comfortable interviewing someone. I, I, I'd want to give you one of the, the, one of the best things I can do is teach you from my failures. That, that's the matter of fact, that's one of the things that has really made podcastanswerman.com such a, I believe, a beneficial podcast to so many people is because you guys always come here and you hear me share my experiences. Uh, and, and hopefully most of the time they'll be good experiences, but you sometimes hear me share some bad experiences. And I want to tell you, I did an interview, uh, a couple of weeks back and it was a total failure, a total flop in my mind. Now, I will tell you that I have my audience who have uh, who are very straightforward. They, they don't beat around the bush a lot. But I had my audience tell me, you know what, Cliff, the audio quality was was absolutely horrible. But really, you're beating yourself up that, you know, I, I got a lot out of it. And and, and I didn't. I, matter of fact, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you half of what that what that interview half of what the interviewee actually said so let me explain to you the details of what happened uh first and foremost it was an interview with somebody that i i know personally i know of but that i have really no inside information on 
Um, matter of fact, I, I, I no. Okay, I'll I'll make it general and I won't give specifics um, as to the interview. But I'm going to take a drink of my water. Ah, there we go. So anyway, I basically what happened was my co-host of this particular podcast says, "Cliff, I I I I'm going to land a an interview with this particular person." <coughs> and I said, "That's that's great. That's interesting." <coughs> Excuse me, one second. All right, I'm back. So anyway, I said, that's interesting. I, I know that my co-host has purchased this person's book. I know that my co-host knows, basically my co-host knows of this person in the same way that I know of Dan Miller, maybe not as much, but at least in that vein, he understands enough about who this guy is, what his philosophies are, what his thinking is, what his main points that he is passionate about in his book. Um, you know, my co-host knew all of these things about this author. All right. Me, I know the author personally. I've met the person. I connect with that person through social media. But this person has a podcast and I, I've tried to listen to it before. But due to the due to the audio quality of this particular podcast, I've really never I've never really subscribed to the podcast long term. Uh, I had I, I just it's just something that hadn't happened. Um, so I, I didn't know a lot of in, intimate details or even it, very many details other than the fact of where this person lives and, and the name of his book and a little bit about what he does for a living, but it, it very surface level information. So any information that I would get from him during the inform- interview would have all been brand new information, but that's, that was no big deal. We, we, we went ahead and scheduled the interview and the reason why is because I was going to let my co-host drive the show i you know it, it, it's pretty much somebody he knew well and and it's like yeah this is gonna be great well what happened is it, it ended up being um a situation where that particular week that the interview was scheduled for my co-host was going to be out of town he, and he said yeah it's not a big deal i'm going to you know you know we're going to be at such and such place and and i'll connect via skype well what happened was there was a snowstorm. They got a whole lot later start than they had anticipated, and not to mention the fact that he forgot to bring his headset, and so therefore there were a couple different issues. One, they found some free Wi-Fi in a library, which at a library you don't want to really be too loud. Number two, there's the issue of an internal microphone on your computer versus you know your headset, and um, well, let's just say that my co-host's audio quality was absolutely subpar. I mean, and and not as a dig about my co-host, but it, I mean, given the circumstances, it, it could not have been better based upon the circumstances. But anyway, that so what happened was during that interview, we got our interviewee on the show and the situation happened such that that during the thing, it's like, Andy, Andy, we can't hear you. It, it, I, I, I mean, it's hard to even hear what you're saying. And so what happened was he says, you know what, Cliff, you know, why don't you go ahead and ask the questions? And again, all of a sudden it's like, boom, it's like, ah, I'm, I'm already on the spot here because I'm asking questions of things I don't even know the answer to. And not only that, but then we had one other issue and this particular interview happened in such a way that when we connected with this person via Skype, this is what happened. It sounded like this. 
I would say, so how's it going today? I'm doing really good, Cliff. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so it's great to talk to you. Yeah, so uh, this is what I sound like here in my studio. This is, I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to walk around and I'm going to be comfortable here. And you're hearing me through the internal microphone on my computer. And, and, and so basically that's how it sounded. It, it, he, had a, he was just using an internal microphone on his, I don't know if he had an iMac or a MacBook or whatever. And, and I could just barely, I mean, I literally was straining my ears to hear what he was saying, straining my ears to hear what he was saying. And not to mention the fact that I was distracted by the fact that, you know, trying to communicate back and forth with my co-host via Skype uh, text messaging to find out, you know, dude, can you answer the, can you ask the next question? Can I, you know, wh- where should we go? And I'm just not, my mind was not focused everything in my mind was all and by the way and we were doing this get get this in front of a live audience um and and so it was it was just it was a train wreck in my mind it was a train wreck it was it was out of the actually it's more than 1900 episodes i think it's probably that will probably be within the top 5 of the single most worst episodes i've ever produced of content uh, and, and I've had, I've had some doozies and that was one of them. Now that's not our interviewee's fault and it's not my co-host's fault. Um, I'll take the blame on it. A couple things. Number one, when, when, as soon as, what would I do different? What would I do different moving forward in that scenario? Um, number one if it's going to be an interview that that my co-host is going to do where he's the one who is passionate about this topic and and has a roadmap of the things he wants to cover, well, number one, if he's going to be out of town and there's the potential that he's not going to have at least, I mean, nothing. With, okay, with Skype, nothing's guaranteed, right? Absolutely not. So, but but at least if week after week after week we have some level of predictability of what his hardware and his software and uh, and his internet connection is like week after week, then there's some predictability that you know this week versus next week his audio is going to sound good. But when somebody takes their gear away from their studio, there is no predictability. And so as soon as he told me that he was going to be out of town, but don't worry, the the, the very first thing that I would do differently this time is I would have said, hey, let's reschedule the interviewee for a following week. So th- number one, that's what I would have done. Uh, number two, let's say I didn't do that. What could I have done differently provided knowing for, first of all, knowing for a fact that my co-host was inaudible, very much so, in that episode. Uh, what could I have done differently so that at least I could have been hearing the responses that were given and, um, and, and focused on it? Number one, I could have dumped the, the co-host uh, on that call. I, I could have, I could have said to Andy, Andy, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to dump this. I'm going to dump you off of the call here so that I can focus one-on-one with the interviewee. All right. And, and that would have taken my, it would have actually taken away that portion of all the different, you know, multitasking things. I already have the live show going on. I already have the fact that I'm concerned about the fact that I don't know a whole lot about where the roadmap is of what this episode's even going, you know, what's the purpose? What are the main things we want to bring out of this? 
and how is it going to apply to our audience? What, what I don't even know the idea behind it. At least I could have had the conversation one-on-one with the interviewee, and this is another thing I would have done different. So I would have asked Andy if he wouldn't mind if I just did the interview. Um, so here's the other thing I would have done, and 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 in the future, this will happen. Um, in the event that somebody calls in and they sound they sound like this and 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 it's like okay so i'm over here in the event that they sound like that um i basically will say hey you know what i'm having a really tough time hearing you right now um is it possible that you have a head a headset that you could plug in or if you wouldn't mind is that i mean are if you're using an internal speaker can you kind of lean up towards the internal speaker so that you're closer to it. Um, and if that's a problem, I'll tell you what, what's your phone number? I've got a telephone here and I can bring you in by phone and I'll just call you. And so those are the things that I, I, I can think of that I would have done differently. But I didn't think to do those things. Uh, it was the first time I had one where that many different things went wrong. So, so, so again, in that interview, what went wrong? Number one, I did not have a personal connection and tie to either the content that should have been brought out of the interview or the person uh, itself, himself. Uh, my co-host uh, was in a situation where he was out of st- studio and had some circumstances beyond his control, and therefore he was inaudible. And number three, the the co- the interviewee would uh, had been using techniques for his audio which was very comfortable for him, but did not lend well for audio quality. And I had a very difficult time hearing what he was saying. So it is, it is, it is very difficult. Now, Steve's in here. Um, he says, you can't be concerned about offending the guest in a situation like this. More than likely, they'll be thankful. They want their message to be heard thoroughly, uh, thoroughly and clearly. Uh, you know, in, and, and Steve, that's exactly right. My problem was, I, 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 and, and you know what? I don't know that I was necessarily concerned about offending except for the outside of the fact that my mind was just all over the place. All I felt like is like, oh my gosh, I'm an, I'm, if I was an, an engineer of a, of a, you know, a passenger train, the only thing I know is I got to, I'm looking ahead and I see another train coming at me head on and this is not going to be pretty. And, and I, I was, or, or it would be like, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm a, I'm a deer in the middle of the highway and I'm blinded by the lights. I'm about ready to be smashed. And that that was the feeling I had. And so even if I could if even if I didn't have to strain, I was just having a really difficult time. Matter of fact, I was sitting there, I would ask the question that my co-host had already put into the chat or into the show notes cuz he had a list of questions and the questions weren't my questions. And usually when you write a question, you don't write a question out word for word. You kind of you kind of just write down an idea to keep so that you can naturally ask that question. I didn't know what the questions were. So I'm sitting there asking these questions word for word. The, the, the interviewee was answering that question. And I was immediately while the interviewee is asking that question, I was then looking at the next question, trying to find a way to formulate it, not able to even focus on it was it was a train wreck. It was a train wreck. So my friends, Learn from my experience. Be prepared. Only do interviews with people that you know where you're going to send the interview. You know where you're going to to be at the end of this interview. It it should be before you hit the record button. 
you should already have confidence that when you hit the stop button that you will know ahead of time that when you hit the stop button that you will know whether or not you got all the information you needed to get out of that interview so that it would benefit your audience in the way that you intended for that interview to benefit your audience when you first set up the interview. So, Dr. Lamar, those are my thoughts. Hopefully, that will be helpful. Next, we're going to go to Mike, and this is Mike's question. Hi, Cliff. This is Mike calling from the Words from Nerds podcast, calling for the podcast answer man. My question is related to building your brand. I consider myself above average when it comes to the technical side of managing a website, uh, whether that's setting up the server, configuring RSS feeds, or what have you. But I don't, I don't feel that I'm that good when it comes to the artistic side of things. Uh, I think my site and my logo both could use some sprucing up from a graphic artist or web designer. And so I was wondering if you had any tips for finding a good, reputable designer uh, that beats doing just a, a Google search. Thanks in advance. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Mike, thank you very much for your call. And before I answer your question, uh, Steve in the chat rooms uh, typed in here. He says, I hope you don't mind me adding my, you know, all this two cents on the subject uh, that I, he says I'm passionate about it. Steve, my friend, two things here. Number one, it's why I do a live show. I do want to hear your guys' two cents, you know, and it, I, I love the interaction. And in many of my podcasts, the live chat room sometimes is a fact finding or a fact checking uh place and plus you do you you led me and helped me you know navigate through the answer there so first and foremost i appreciate that and number two if i totally disagreed with your two cents or if i got so involved in the show i could just ignore what you have there and just move forward but i appreciate it and i just want to let you know that so back to mike mike again great question um i recently did a uh, tech tip blog entry over at podcastanswerman.com. You can click on the category in the sub navigation menu on our site that says tech tips and that'll uh, it'll basically filter out all the podcast episodes and you'll just see blog entries that I put together. And uh, one of the most recent ones, uh, uh, blog entries that I did was about the look of your podcast. And I, I think this is so critical. When people are finding you and and they they listen to your podcast their first impression is not your audio quality i wish it were because that would be great no the first the first impression of your podcast is number 1 either your website or number 2 your listing in a directory most popularly most popular directory being itunes and so your artwork your 300 by 300 image i know that they suggest 600 by 600 for apple tv i still prefer 300 by 300 but anyway your little square image for your podcast that my friend is is almost always your first that that is the first experience people have and and their feel for who you are and if it is just halfway done um it's not going to leave the best first impression same deal with your website people are finding you from your from google results your website should look uh very professional very clean um or at least very easy to navigate but also with decent looking graphics. I, I think decent looking graphics are important. Now, as far as where you can go, now it was funny. Um, recently, I did a. It was about a week and a half ago. I was on on one of the webinars that I'm producing, and I asked folks. I said, you know, hey, 
can does any can anybody here tell me the one and only advertiser I've ever ha- had outside of Podcast Answer Man myself? What advertiser is the only advertiser I've ever had on Podcast Answer Man? And it didn't take very long at all for an entire uh, what session, a class full of people to say Evan Ag over at agdesign.com, agee-design.com. And uh, so I want to tell you that that's one place you can go. Uh, now, I know that he has a lot of other things he's focusing on. He's doing a lot of video production work, high-end stuff. But uh, he, he's one place that I've gone to. Um, another thing that I've done is, of course, I've gotten Photoshop, Photoshop myself and I go to iStockPhoto.com and I have an account there and I buy many credits at a time and I can find stock images and I can sometimes use some fonts with some special filters and layers that are put onto some text and I can make some pretty interesting things. Uh, but when it comes be- to that stuff that I want to actually get a look and a feel that's kind of beyond my own graphical abilities, that's where I'll either turn to somebody in the gspn.tv community or I'll go outside and hire a professional. A couple different things that I think you- that you might want to look into is something called logotournament.com or 99designs. If you just do a search for 99designs, there are a bunch of these different places out there where in essence what you do is you go in you set it up and you say, listen, I'm going to pay 250 or 300 or 350 for this project. And here's the idea of what I'm looking for. And these people will create logos for you. And that you'll get tons and tons of different revisions and concepts to consider. And you just narrow it down. And it's, these people are competing for your business. And whoever you choose at the end, when you actually get the finished product that you're looking for, it's at that point in time that that person gets paid. So again, th- those are some opportunities for you there, Mike, and hopefully that'll be of use to you. But I, I think you're, I think you're on the right track with looking to to really improve the branding, the look of your brand. Um, and what's great is you get that, and you can actually start using that on your Twitter ID. You can use it on your Facebook fan page. Uh, you start, you can start posting it. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff you can do that, but I encourage everybody out there to get a very nice looking logo for your podcast or, or, uh, some good high end graphics for your stuff. All right, moving along. Uh, we're going to a question from Dan about, um, some processing in audition. Hi, Cliff. This is Dan Fullerton. I'm the producer of the physics in action podcast, which is a high school student run podcast where we look at physics outside of the classroom and TV, movies, video games, and use that as an avenue to help teach ourselves and others about physics in the world around us. The reason I'm calling, I've listened to quite a few of your podcast Answer Man episodes, and you talk quite a bit about using Levelator or using Adobe Edition as an even better tool in which to clean up the audio files. Working with students who uh, have a variety of different equipment, I oftentimes get a wide variety in the quality of the audio files that they submit. One of my questions, using Adobe Edition, is there a preferred workflow for how best to go about cleaning up these files between compression, between noise reduction, hiss and click reduction, um, uh, normalizing? What order should I be doing these things in? I'm not sure if there's a straightforward answer to that or not, but uh, wondered if you had any uh, any pointers there. Take care. Best of luck. Happy New Year. Bye. 
All right, Dan, first and foremost, thank you for calling in and thank you for submitting your question. Number two, I think it's really awesome that you are helping to administrate a student run podcast or a student hosted podcast, high school students uh, putting in content. And number three, Oh, man, do I feel sorry for you. Seriously, I I can't imagine. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you, number one, I don't think that there's a very clear um, workflow that I'm going to be able to give you. Let let me explain to this. Number one, before I even do that, I want to suggest or want to state one thing that you had said. You're right. I've talked about Levelator here, and I certainly talk a lot about the fact that I use Adobe Audition and that I love using it. And for me, it is a better solution than Levelator, but that's because I am I'm in a very, very controlled environment. I am the only person hitting the record button, with the exception of my wife, but she uses the same settings and the same equipment, the same gear that I use. So every single show that's recorded in this studio is pretty much starts out the same and we have some you know we we have a very controlled environment there's not a lot of cleaning up not a clicks not a lot of hiss not a lot of anything that needs to be cleaned up in our audio uh so therefore for us the tools that are available in adobe audition are much better than 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 anything else out there however i i don't want to say that adobe audition has anything that's quote unquote better than levelator i think it can duplicate a lot of things that level later will do all within uh, Adobe audition. Although I will say in some cases, depending on how your audio is level later may be a better tool uh, because it kind of does a, you know, it does all of this stuff in one pass. Uh, whereas it, you know, to kind of do the same things that level later would do in audition, you're exactly right. You'll have to do a workflow. It, you'll have to kind of, you'll have to kind of do a, you know, uh, a normalization. You might do a hard limit. You might do, um, you know, a compression on it. You you might do all kinds of different bits and pieces. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to put out there that that Audition is better than Levelator. I think Levelator is a great product. In fact, I think they just updated the the uh, the to a, a newer version. They just upgraded or updated the uh, software. I don't personally use Levelator, though. I haven't used Levelator in about two or three years. But here's the other thing is um, you're asking me for a workflow of the best workflow to do in Adobe Audition uh, for these things. And to be honest with you, it's difficult for me to give that to you. Number one, because I don't ever have to do hiss reductions. I don't ever have to do noise. There's a thing called there's a format in there called noise reduction. Uh, There is hiss and click removals. Uh, removal tools in Adobe Audition, um, but there and, and Steve's in the chat room. He says there really is there is no one size fits all for this. You have uh, you probably have as many different original recording types as you do students submitting you podcasts. In my personal, actually, in my professional opinion, to you would that would be that I would suggest that you actually sit down with your students and work out some workflows of the best recording environments. And if you can actually put some things, some procedures in place, some workflows in place that will provide a better original quality files, you'll find your work in post-production will be greatly and drastically decreased. Uh, and, and some things that you could focus on there is, um, 
is is you know what kind of microphones are you using what kind of recorders are you using what kind of recording environment do you have in the background um, all of those kind of things I, I I would really start working with these high school students on uh, their recording procedures and see if you can't get a more standardized um, uh, grasp on that end of things that that's really that that's really what I would suggest there. But uh, you know, as far as the other processes, um, you know, if you ha- if you've got these different varying original recordings, uh, just try it a couple different ways. Uh, you know, go in and do a noise reduction. Go in and do um, you know uh, a hard limit and and try it and write down what what you. Um, what you're doing and and listen to the final results save it like you know sample 001 you know yeah 001 and then have written down on 001 what order you did it in and then try it a different way try doing the the hard limit before the other thing and and seeing what actually sounds the best but i really believe that if you focus on standardizing the recording procedures You'll greatly improve everything. In fact, here's the here's the one thing I love about what I do for a living. I've got people who hire me all the time to teach them how to podcast much in the same way that I podcast. Now, this isn't when you hire me, you know, please understand and, and, and my clients do understand that I am not teaching them the only way to podcast. I may not necessarily be teaching them the, the quote unquote best way to podcast. Because you know, you know what I think that that is a relative term. What is the best way to podcast? Well, the best way for me is to do it the way that has always worked best for me. And are there easier ways? Are there different ways? Are there? Yeah, there's a ton of different ways that you can record. But when people hire me, I love it when they say, "Cliff, just show me how to do it the way you do it. Get me the equi- the equipment that you use." And I love it when somebody gets a microphone, a mixer. And, and a digital audio recorder. I love it when a computer is not even in the equation because what I can do, especially if somebody has the Heil, they have a decent mixer, and they have the Ederall recorder, I can say to them with all certainty that I, I know from experience, I can get you a recording where you'll have the perfect audio levels 100% of the time. And I can say that out of the basis that I've done one more than 1,900 episodes, and I know it's reproducible. And not only that, but I can tell you that my clients have the same exact result when they have that. Now, the thing is, is that if somebody says, well, Cliff, you know, I, I'm really interested in the microphone and the mixer, but I have to kind of put this to piece to piece. So for a while, I'm going to be recording into my computer and at that point, you break a chain in what my production is. And so therefore, um, you know, I can guarantee you that your your original quality of your microphone sound is going to be great and your mixer is going to be mixing fine. But there's nothing I can do to give you any kind of understanding of how your computer is going to react when it comes to ground loop noise, ground floor interference from your computer and and all the, the those other things and it does introduce a lot of quote unquote unknowns and so this is why I liked I it, it's trust me if you want to hire me and you want to record into a computer I've got, 
got a lot of clients that do that. But I'll tell you what, I certainly do have a great deal of confidence every time a client pretty much buys either the same equipment that I have or um, uh, equivalent equipment. I mean, it doesn't have to be the Edderall R-09 digital audio recorder, but if you get a digital audio recorder... Um, and you know, you've got a mixer and you've got a microphone. It could be a sure SM 58 and a, an $89 mixer and, and a $200 task cam DRO seven. And, and you know what? I can still pretty much guarantee you that we can duplicate very close to the the type of quality of audio that I have. So I really think, uh, my professional opinion there, Dan is, is instead of, um, trying to find the right workflows for all these different, things put that put that work uh, put some procedures in the place and try to hone it down to where those original recordings um, are the best as possible before they even come to you for post-production moving on to donald who's calling in next about wordpress hey cliff this is donald from louisiana uh i run the x-files podcast and i have a, a question now i know that you said in your last show that you run all your your podcast from one, one or two WordPress installations. Now, when do you think is a good time to stop making all the websites? I mean, me personally, I started with a Lost podcast. I did an Exiles podcast, and I recently started a Fringe podcast. So now I have three WordPress installations, three domain names, and I have three installations. And it's becoming kind of a hassle to keep loading, logging in. You know, logging in one, logging in the other one, checking the comments in one. You know, going back and forth, just a lot of hassle. And I know you said that you run them all out of one. So when, when is a good opportunity or a good chance to stop making new WordPress installations and, I guess, make a um, just one big site and then pull from the category sheets like, like you do? And another question kind of related to that is, is it too late for me to do that? Uh, I love my websites. I have three different original websites. They all kind of... They all, ba- they all are based on the same thing. So they, they look alike, just different colors, different elements, stuff like that that I customize. But I don't want to lose them. But it is, getting, it is becoming a hassle. Is there any other way to like link all three together? Uh, that's probably a dumb question. Probably can't be done. But when is a good time to say, hey, I'm going to stop making all these websites and I'm going to just make one website and pull everything from there? I uh, love the show. Uh, I bought some things before you from you before and it all worked out great you're awesome you have the best advice so just giving you a little plug there um all right see you later all right donald thank you very much uh for your question and uh we have we've got brian coming up next and he's got a similar question so one of the things that i want to uh explain is First and foremost, I I made the decision to kind of merge everything into one website when I was about ready to launch my fourth podcast. So I had the Weekly Loss Podcast, uh, which was one WordPress installation. Then I created a podcast called My Crazy Life, which was a another WordPress installation. Then I created a podcast called the About the Church Podcast, which was a third WordPress installation. And finally, when I started... Uh, when I had an idea for my fourth and fifth show at the same time, it's like, there's no way I want to, cause, cause I had to not only just install those installations, but I had to, to configure those app, those installations. I had to design those applications, uh, or those installations. And then all of a sudden I would actually go in and say, you know what? I really wish the sidebar kind of looked like this and I want to tweak this and I want to ch- change this. And it's like, you know what? 
since I've done it here, let me go make that change in the second WordPress installation and then in the third and Oh, it was just getting crazy. Um, you know, I imagine that some people would tell you you could probably try to use um, WordPress MU, multiple user. Uh, I've really never played with that myself, but here's what I do for myself at gspn.tv. I use one WordPress installation and I put all of my stuff in categories. And before I go any further into that, let me go ahead and bring in Brian's call. Cliff, Brian McBeth here again from the Kansas City area. You recently made the comment about having one installation of WordPress for several of your podcasts. I wanted to know, as I'm sure others do as well, how do you go about having the different pages and then posting separate podcasts and blog entries on those separate pages? Myself and several friends are all combining efforts to make our podcast slash website even better but would like to simplify it even further than you have already helped me with. Um, WordPress makes it simple to create pages, but how do you go about the blog post and podcast to only show up on those pages? I haven't quite figured that part out. I figured out how to get the feed burner, or I should say not get the feed burner, but get feed burner to only recognize the one category that I tag with each episode of the podcast. I did this by carefully listening to each and every one of your shows, so I'm sure anything you have would be very helpful to the improvement of our site. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All righty. Thank you very much uh, for your question, Brian and Donald. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the the big thing I heard there, and I think some of the confusion, you already talked about the fact that you know how to go in and, and set up a different category for each of your podcasts in such a way that you can take the RSS feed from that category and send it over to FeedBurner. Well, but then you're, it sounds to me like your, your real holdup here is how do you create different pages is the word that you're using there. And by the way, I want to let you know, I have no page for any of my podcasts. I have 24 podcasts at gspn.tv. That's one WordPress installation, 24 podcasts. Go there, check it out. Look in the sub nav menu. You'll see balanced living podcast, entertainment podcast, fa- uh, uh, family podcast, and uh, technology podcast. And then if you highlight over those, you'll see all the subcategories of all those different podcasts. And uh, those are all categories. They're not pages. Matter of fact, not, not any of my podcasts have a page in WordPress. Uh, the pages on my, Word, on my WordPress are uh, the homepage, the about page, the mailing list page, the live show page with a chat room, uh, the, um, you know, information, their, their information. Though, um, one of the things that I will tell you is that um, you can create. Now, if you go to conceivedinliberty.org, this is a client of mine. Uh, he did a lot of his own web design, by the way, uh, or web graphics. But uh, if you go there, well, actually go to go to marcuscarryperspective.com. Now that happens to be a page where he actually wrote a description and and clearly lays out this is what this particular podcast is. But at the bottom of that page he says to listen to the most recent episodes click here which then takes them to the category page. All right. So so that's that's one way that if you need to have a page, but I really don't personally like that. And and I, I'd much rather just forward 
uh, people straight to a category. So if you, for example, type in this, weeklylostpodcast.com. If you type that in, it's going to take you straight to gspn.tv slash category slash uh, probably it might, it might be generally speaking cause it's the original, but anyway, or slash lost. I'm not sure, but anyway, it's going to take you to the category that is set up for that particular podcast. So Donald, is it too late for you to switch? Can you kind of convert everything down to one? Basically, if I were you, and I'm, by the way, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you, if I were in your shoes, uh, with three WordPress installations, I'd probably, uh, bring it all down to one. I would, instead of having the the WordPress installation uh, branded as one particular show, I would actually call it a such-and-such such network, which is why if you go to gspn.tv, it is the generally speaking production network. Um, and, you know, and then I would actually start setting up, you know, your whatever page it is you're starting out with, you would, or whatever site you're starting out with, you would set up a category for just that podcast, move all of those episodes into that category. Then you can use your other, you could take your next website, uh, WordPress number two, go into settings, uh, and click export export as WordPress, a WordPress file, then go into your, your network website, click import, allow it to import all of your posts, all your comments, everything you've ever done. It will import it all. And then of course, what you may have to do is you may have to go into your edit area and you may have to reassign all of those to the new category that you've set up for that podcast. And you'll have to re reprocess through that. Jeff's in the chat room and says you you probably could say uh, that pages are for static information and categories are for dynamic changing information. And that is exactly true. Um, so, um, and then of course there was one other question that came in, in the chat room here. I know I'm just a little bit over an hour today, uh, but that's fine. I, Larry asked a great question and he says this, he says, any suggestions on how to come up with relevant content? I'm a realtor, realtor in Denver and have a blog at, uh, foreclosureanswerman.com and I'm stuck in developing content. And my, now, of course, you're asking, I, I guess you're wondering content for a blog, and that's not necessarily what I'll answer here. But if, if you had a podcast, for example, and you were struggling for content, then I would say you should probably change what you're podcasting about. Um, my, my feeling, and, and, and I, I am opinionated in this, so, um, I, I hope I don't offend, but, but my feeling is that if you're going to, if you're going to get involved in the social media space, what really happens is that you should be only blogging or podcasting about something that you are so passionate about that you could talk about all day, every day and never run out. I went to my doctor's office recently because I'm getting over bronchitis now and my doctor says, he says, he said, I, I said, he, I said, you know, I got to kick this thing out. I said, I talk for a living. He's, he, and, and my doctor knows me well. He says, Cliff, you know, I, you know, how do you find, how do you talk? I mean, you got to run out of things to talk about. And I said, I, I said, I said, Dr. Adi, I said, you know what? There's no way. I, I said, I could talk 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I would never run out of things to talk about. I am passionate about each and every podcast that I, I talk about, there's always something. And I said, and if there's ever the event that I just like run out of things to say, I kill the podcast. I stop, I completely halt its production and I go on to something else. 
And so if you're stuck for relevant content, the that may be, and I'm not suggesting that it is, but it may be an indication that you're either blogging or podcasting about something where your passion doesn't really lie. I don't want to make that assumption and say that that's true, but it's really, really where I feel like, and, and, and matter of fact, Larry's in the chat room. He says, I really haven't figured out what I love. And also I'm more of a quiet person and, and blogging's great for quiet people. But you'll find that the blogging will take on a life of its own if you can find out what you do love. And so so basically, uh, start taking stock and taking note of what is it that when I have an opportunity to talk about whatever I want to talk about, what's that one or two different things that I, I just go on and on and on about that people would just wish I'd shut up? You know, those are the kinds of things. So, yeah. Definitely. That, that That's my thought. And then finally, Gordon, we're going to get to your call right now. Hi, Cliff. Gordon Firemark here from the Entertainment Law Update Podcast. I have just been listening to uh, episodes 141 and 142 of Podcast Answer Man. And uh, yeah, you... Uh you uh, picked on me a little bit in there. Uh, I'm, uh, as an attorney, I have to develop a thick skin about these kinds of things. But uh, uh, you, eventually you did get around to uh, picking up on, on my real point, which wasn't so much about the uh, sound and technical quality, uh, where I agree with you 100%. You, know, you have to have a reasonably good quality sounding podcast um, uh, if people are going to listen. You know, people won't stick around to listen to something that just doesn't sound good, that hurts their ears, or, or they have to strain to hear or whatnot. Not. But um, no, I was really talking about the the quality of the content, the quality of the of the um, presentation of the content. In fact, you know, it, it, we, I'm thinking about you know quantity over quality there. So you have episodes of your podcast coming out rather than waiting until you get it just perfect. And uh, that was really my my point. Um, we all, uh, you know, make missteps and, and misspeak and stumble over words and things. And, uh, um, you know, you, I know, don't uh, edit your podcast. I don't edit mine except to deal with, you know, major, major glitches and things. So, um, so really, that was my point. And uh, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for airing my comments and, uh, and picking on me, I suppose. And uh, keep up the great work. I uh, really appreciate all that you do for podcasters and uh, look forward to your future episodes. Gordon, thank you very much. And by the way, uh, in the chat room, just just want to say this. Um, Jeff Long is in our chat room. And he says, I love his podcast. It's great for law and video. And I'm a video producer. So, uh, Gordon, you've got somebody who's a fan in our chat room here live today. And, uh, folks, that's the Entertainment Law Podcast. Uh, Gordon Feinmark. And you, you guys should check it out. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, Gordon and I exchanged several emails uh, when I had um, when I had gotten this voicemail, and uh, he he and I exchanged like you know I hope you don't mind that I picked on you I didn't mean to pick on you I just really got hung up on um, the he says I I, I got re- I, I'm a, a stickler for semantics sometimes and I and I get so hung up on certain phrases that I just want to make sure that people don't get hung up on as well and and I think one of the things he said you know quantity beats quality and he said every single time and that that's what i was like i just couldn't let that go and that's and it's a part of my personality well anyway i just wanted to gordon gave me the authorization to um 
to read this uh, follow up. He says, Cliff, maybe pick on wasn't the right phrase. It's all good. No worries. Besides, I did say every time I need to learn. I need to learn to watch my hyperbole. Uh, For what it's worth, we totally agree on the audio quality issue and the need for consistent improvement. I took your criticism of my point of view as a part of a spirited debate, not not personal or mean. I just felt like you focused on something that wasn't really my core message. That tells me I wasn't clear as I should have been. That's another point. If a person can't take some criticism, he or she should probably not be podcasting or doing any other thing to be kind of a to put yourself as a public figure. That's just asking to be hurt. The important thing is to always be mindful of the spirit which criticism is given. If it's meant to be constructive, helpful, etc., take it as such. If it's just mean-spirited and intended to hurt your feelings, then accept that the giver of the criticism is the one with the real problem. I'm an avid listener. I'll continue to chime in when I can. It takes more than a little picking on to shut me up. Keep up the great work and don't worry about censoring your thoughts. If I make a stupid or imprecise statement, uh, call me on it. I can take it. Best regards, Gordon. Gordon, I love you, man. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have a listener like you, my friend. And hey, uh, real quickly here, this podcast is sponsored by me. That's right. Podcastanswerman.com. You can contact me to buy your own Heil PR40. You can contact me to buy all kinds of uh, audio equipment. But more than anything, you can contact me about website consulting for your your podcast, getting it configured and set it up so that you can get away from maybe Blogger or one of those other places. Or you can hire me to, to train you how to podcast from the beginning. And I also have some great tutorials and webinars that I'm always doing. If you want information about that, just contact me. Send me an email, cliff at ravenscraft.org. But if you just head over to podcastanswerman.com, on the right-hand side, you'll see my phone number up there, and you'll also see my email address. That's cliff at ravenscraft.org. It's all spelled out there on the site, so you don't uh, mistype it and don't get your email to me. But I'd love to hear from you. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.